Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome. It is another edition of the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Unofficial 40 podcast. The entire crew back with you once again. On uh, a little bit of a uh, milestone podcast for us today, guys. I don't know if you realize this, but uh, it has been exactly six months uh, since uh, Choctaw Casino and Resort has uh, been the title sponsor of the uh, the Unofficial 40 podcast, which means you guys have gotten a podcast every week, even more than that, uh, for the last six months. Wow. Our biannual. It's uh, is that what it's called? Our our, yeah, I think so. There's no celebration. I don't have any streamers or anything. What are you, what are you supposed to do for the uh, like? Isn't there like something that you're supposed to do for like a year anniversary, two year anniversary? It's like silver and yeah. Is there the, like a six month anniversary? You're supposed to get us like a pack of menthols and <laughs> a box of condoms. The first year is paper. Paper what? It, that's you do something creative with paper. Oh God, Bob would know this stuff. I I I did. I I wrote a like story. Paper mache. I wrote a story about our first year of marriage, and Brittany loved it. Okay. Where did you publish it? Nowhere. Could have put it on the front page. Wait, you wrote a story for her? Yeah, Josh, did you not do that for Tiffany? About our first okay, first year Carrie, of marriage. Damn it! Mute the audio on that. Scramble that. Tiffany doesn't need to know these things exist. <laughs> no, Bob. Damn it. And then the, the second year is cotton, and she made me a pillow of all our important dates. So we, we, we've tried to follow okay. it. All right. And then what's you the year? Or the, the two cutest. year? <laughs> Just the cutest. Cute AF. Cute AF. That well, is after one year, you know, the sex winds down. So I'm sure you have to start doing special stuff. Bob, you have no idea how much that winds down. You Oscar don't even know what it's <laughs> shot his girlfriend for a three-year anniversary. <laughs> Were they, they weren't married. No, they were just dating, I think. She was a model. He killed her. Yeah. Cold blood. Christina Weinkamp or something like that? Yeah. Something like right. that. And, like, there are models, and then they're, like, she'd be gorgeous in any setting, and she's that girl. Like, some models, I'm like, ah, you know, I, I get it. You could wear any clothes, and you're pretty, but, like, you're not my thing. That girl's pretty, literally, or beautiful in any setting. That, that was a... Mm. That's a bad deal. Was. She was. Was. You're right. You're right. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, no one will shoot you if you go to Durant. <laughs> 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 to the Choctaw 
uh, Casino and Resort, uh, our great sponsor. Uh, I want you guys to go out and support them. They've been fantastic for us here at the podcast. Uh, because of them, a lot of great things are, are coming ahead. Uh, we ha- we only have a few more podcasts where Josh sounds like he's in a closet somewhere, and uh, that will improve greatly. That's getting ready to happen. Uh, a lot of good things coming uh, here in studio, too, to make the podcast better, which is always our goal, and that's thanks to uh, the Choctaw Casino and Resorts. Go check them out, ChoctawCasinos.com online. Uh, they've got a lot of great promotions going on each every month, great concerts, great places uh, for you to eat. Just really a great place for you to spend the weekend, a great hotel, and uh, just have a great time. Just elevate your weekend, especially with no football going on. Uh, go to, go go book it now, ChoctawCasinos.com in Durant at the Choctaw Casino and Resort. All right, guys, the NFL draft, uh, I know it's it's kind of like with everything else. I, we're getting inundated. It's uh, We're reaching the point of oversaturation uh, with all the Kyler Murray talk. And certainly, I, I think we've all talked about it, either on the message boards or on radio shows or whatever, just how ridiculous the Kyler Murray, Murray coverage has bege- be- become and today he was finally uh, he finally went through the meat market. He finally walked around in his underwear, got measured. Uh, by the way, we had a debate: is it measured or measured? I could see Eddie being a measure guy. No, I'm measured. Are you measured? Isn't it, that sounds like force majeure? Like that doesn't sound right at all. Measured? Yeah, measured. it's got to be measured, right? I don't know. I think it's usually what like you wouldn't have a measured out. response. Measured. You'd have a measured response. I would say measured response, yes. I think people yeah. would like to make it measured, but sometimes it comes out measured. measured, measured, measured. I, mean, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think if you're from the north, yeah, accent. It's like measured is what you say if you're from like, the north. They measured. Like the people I know in Dayton would say trash instead of trash. It's weird. Trash. <laughs> well, it's like, you know. Are they French? At, at what point are, is it pop and what point is it soda? And and when is it soda pop? Because I grew up I, with pop. My cousins that all live in Illinois say pop. I think, right? I, I think don't know. pop is more north. Yeah, yeah. Soda like, is more south. Did you guys not specify? I, like, no, I, didn't I drink... called everything Coke. Yeah, I, I, I think I that's what drink... it's turned into. I wanted, into. A, I wanted, I wanted a, a Dr Pepper, but I wanted a Coke. Yeah, you know. Oh, Can I get see, you? No. Like, if Eddie and I are on the road, and you know, he's going to say, "Hey, you want a Coke or something?" Yeah. And I'm like, and yeah, I very me. rarely buy a Coke. And, and like I don't say, Coke. yeah, I say, yeah, give me a cherry Coke or, or get me a Sprite. Right. I know I when you a, say I think that's an Oklahoma. Thing. Do you want a Coke? Is that a Southern I, thing? I think it might be because I, I, I only ever drink Dr. Pepper. Like I never really drink anything. Else. Uh, Sprite. Like, but I mean, as far as a drink like that, I drink Dr. Pepper. I would never in my life say, get me a Coke. I want a Dr. Pepper. What would you say? I would say, get me a Dr. Pepper. Get me a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so that doesn't make any and sense. And that's to the me. only thing. Coke, Coke's a thing. That's the only carbonated soda you drink is Dr. Pepper. Or you, yeah, you don't yeah. ever have like, like and A&W really root beer anymore, or yeah. Sprite or like, anything like that. As a kid, I had a borderline problem with Dr. Pepper. I drank a ton of those things. I know so many people like that. Like Eddie's a big Dr. Pepper guy. Like Gabe yep. Eichert is a huge Dr. Pepper guy. Yeah, I don't drink a whole lot of. Uh, Caffeine, though. I mean, I'll drink a Coke, but... Bullshit, every day you come in here, you've got a... No, I drink coffee like it's going out of You've got a huge coffee or an iced coffee. Coffee, yes. That's caffeine. But, but like... Did that start no, that's, with the radio, no, That's not Eddie? what I meant. That's not what I meant. I meant... 
No. I don't drink a lot of Coca-Cola. <laughs> he lives off of five-hour energy for seven years. Yeah. Like, okay. he's the first person I ever knew that consumed five-hour energy. Yeah. I drink in, coffee every in day, bulk. though. I drink coffee in bulk. I don't... I should have said, like, at my house, I don't usually... I won't. Ha- I don't have, like, a can of Coke or mm-hmm. anything like that. I, I'm one of those people, like, if I have a soda, I, I, like, I'm jittery. I shake. I can't... I'm real sensitive to sugar, so I've never... I don't drink coffee literally ever. I don't like it even aside from it makes me jumpy. Um, and sodas. Like I said, I, I drank a lot as a kid, and I literally as a kid had a speech impediment, and we figured out it was because I drank so many damn Dr. Peppers. <laughs> like, the sugar, I'm what like, was the, 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 I would stick on words So it was a hard. stuttering? Yeah, I, I, had, I had a stammer real bad. And literally, I went to like a speech pathologist, I went through this whole thing, and finally one day... I came in and I like I think I did well or something, and she was like, "Did you change something today? Something different?" And I think my mom was like, "Yeah, we didn't have any Dr. Peppers or something, so we drank a bunch of water." And they figured out it was just my sugar intake was way too high, and they took that out of my, you know, like they cut down on my Dr. Peppers, and all of a sudden I could speak like a normal child again. And, and that's when they took you out of your home and gave you to your new family that raised you like their own. Yes, yes, I stopped being raised by a group of wolves and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't just like eat the Dr. Pepper cans. All right. So, so uh, back to our original point, which was uh, Kyler Murray was measured today. <laughs> uh, How the hell? He it, was up, a, it was just a long way to get there. He ended up being five foot ten and one eighth inches, which, I mean, we've all been around him. Uh, I know Mike Halk was on record of saying he was five ten. Is anybody surprised? Like, I know. I think the, the only people that are surprised the, are the people that haven't paid attention to anything. Yeah, I think he did the same stuff Baker talked about. Baker owned that there was all these stretches you could do to stretch yourself out as far as you could, and Baker was like, "I was like a you know at least half an inch taller at the combine than I am walking around every day." But it it kind of led to the same reaction from us, and I know Eddie said this a bunch, but. Thank God, Kyler Murray can play football now. It's been proven yeah, now that he's five yeah. ten. I just i I love the overreaction this morning when it did come out. They it was reported that he's five ten, and all of a sudden it's like, well, he he can now be allowed to be the number one pick in the draft. I will I will give credit where credit is due, even though it, I don't know if credit's the right word, but the goddamn OU Daily man, they are always first to put the clickbait article out there. That is that like a class that they offer now? It's like, gotta it, be. Like my God! As soon as it, as soon as, uh, well, I mean, I was following. I've been following Charles Robinson uh, because he's been giving all the updates on everyone. Yeah, Shefty put it out. I early. guess Schefter put it out. Uh, but immediately the clickbait: Kyler Murray's five ten. They must have just had the article written and then Kyler just Murray clicked just in got five ten. Just got measured at the combine. How tall is he? Click here. I don't know. Maybe read on Twitter and then you'll know. Don't need to click on your article. Because that's actually what they do really well is they'll put the tweet and post it, and then they'll go back and edit things and put in more info. But when you just put out there yeah. initially. Have you wrote clickbait today? So, yeah. the whole, But the, the biggest news was that Kyler Murray, uh, and it was uh, Ian Rappaport, I believe, that put it out there first, is that he is not going to throw at the combine. Oh, which, so that... That means Josh didn't know since he's he's blocked. Yes. Oh yeah, you got blocked <laughs> by Rapshi. Another mark. 
Because I made a joke about the whole thing with the the Cleveland linebacker, and it was like the Cleveland linebacker was the asshole, not Ian Rappaport. I made a joke about the linebacker, and Ian blocked me. I, I'm. I think that went backward. We found Michael out Kendricks. That he's soft, Michael yeah. Kendricks. Oh, that you was the just guy. Did a that, insider trading. That was the guy. Yeah, yeah that was the yeah, guy yeah, that got yeah. the insider trading charge. Cause, cool. Yeah, because remember he went after Rappaport about how wrong he was. Like you know, you don't know shit and blah 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 blah. And it ended up Rappaport was absolutely right, and I was just given the linebacker stick, and Rappaport blocks me. So I don't know. I don't know what that's about. We'll say that's a win on your part. Yeah, you know, I mean, but he's like the only guy on Twitter that I would be interested in following that blocks me. So I'll see on my timeline like all these quote tweets, and it's like tweet not available, tweet not available. I'm like, oh shit, Ian Rappaport broke something. So that's that's always fun. Well, this is what you have to do. This is coming from a professional that's been blocked by many people. <laughs> Tulsa like, football. Tulsa football. You just gotta Absolutely. you just gotta log back into the Sooner Scoop account and then you just mm-hmm. see yeah. who it is. That's how I look at Kel sure. Gundy's tweets. <laughs> yep. Everybody's blocked by somebody. Is that is that how you and Tim Kawakami keep such good relations? Uh I no, I, I get all my Warriors news through Anthony Slater, who's a much better professional, much better sure. person. And but that was the thing, and I told you, like Tim Kawakami. Tim Kawakami told people if they subscribed to the Athletic, he would unblock. Yeah, and I'm so sub- you should I'm be able to be unblocked. Have I told my Anthony Slater story? Oh no, no. It's it's not bad. Like it's it's nothing against Anthony. Um, okay, so when the whole Oklahoma State Thayer Evans story came out, I tweeted something about knowing Thayer for a long time. For those that don't know, Thayer and I went to high school together. I, I've known known him since I was you know sixteen. And Thayer and I have run at each other at different things and recruiting through the years and that kind of stuff. And I can't remember what I said. Like, I, I won't pretend Thayer and I are good friends. I, he, he's not my people. It's fine. You know, it's not bad. It's just that that's not somebody I spend my time around. I think he's in the uh, agency business now. Is he? Yeah, that I, I could totally or buy PR, it. sports PR or something like that. He got to Thayer's credit, Thayer, pretty good high school basketball player and was – like the quintessential 6-4 power four that just beat the crap out of everybody. Like just, just a dude that like he was going to maximize his five fouls. Um, but anyway, I tweet something and Anthony, and for like, people I, that don't know, Thayer Evans was the one that wrote the big expose that was going to blow it wide open at Oklahoma state about all the cheating and prostitutes and limousines and this and that. And it ended up just being a disaster. Yeah. Like it, uh, I, I don't even remember. Like, was it, they couldn't verify it, or did they verify most of it was bull? They verified that most of it came from, like, disgruntled people, I think, yeah. wasn't it? And, like, he didn't double-check any sources or facts on it, and yeah. it just all ended up falling apart. Um, yeah, Thayer is also the one that did the big Dorio Green-Beckham story. He's the one that did Jamarcus McFarland yes. for USA Today yes. that had the, the infamous, you know— um, what was it, women sexing each other or something like that, like at some party yes. after the OU Texas game uh-huh. mm-hmm. that ended up being total bullshit. Um, that there, there were some inconsistencies in Thayer's career, I guess we'd say it that way. Um, but anyway, Anthony contacts me. He's like, hey, would you like to go on the record? I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want to be part of this story at all. Like was that, that was when I was like, okay, I'm going to stop talking about this now because and I that don't whole want thing, to be that whole thing dragged was, him. That whole thing was ugly. I mean, like when you had people in the media that were getting quoted by OSU on that page they made, like, you know, you know, it was like OSU was actively trying to get people to slander SI and it was just a big mudslinging thing. Like, and that's, 
And that, that you know, it's kind of disappointing. Like, I, w- I was glad that you turned that down. I would not have wanted to have been associated with anything, with what was going on at that time, because it was ugly. Who was the co-author on that story? Because it wasn't just there. I, I, I want to say, but I'm like, mm, I'm not. It was such a poorly reported story. I completely have forgotten about it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh... I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, George Dorman. Ah. Was the other one. Well. So, yeah. So, anyway, not not that enthralling of a story, just a funny little side note on Anthony Slater, who for a, was really good about it. Didn't didn't, you know, I told him no and he was he was cool with it. He understood. So, I can I can remember Anthony Slater being we led to that from Tim Kawakami, which I think led to that from you being blocked from Ian Rappaport, which was about him breaking the news today. Slippery slope. So now is, God, all now as we come <laughs> off of the tangent that I'm sick, I'm giving myself credit. I'm pretty good now at leading us back and figuring out how we got off on tangents. Uh, so. I think, Bob, you noticed this before, but didn't you see a report saying that uh, Kyler wasn't going to do any workouts at the Combine, or was that? Yeah, it was like at 10.45 today. It, not only was he not going to throw, he's not going to do any testing. That's so just stupid. Nothing. Just interviews and I think it, it being measured. It was actually the guy that Lincoln and Skip and Bob went against. I don't remember. Oh, the Tom Pelesro? Yep, that, yep, him. That little bitch Pelis- has had a hell Pelisari, of a week. Pelisari. I don't, does it matter, though, what he does at the Combine? Or that he I isn't just throwing? Think, I just think, like, it makes him look a little, like, what's he afraid of? Like, what, I mean, we know that he is an unbelievable athlete. I think he can only help himself by working out, by throwing, like, I said it this morning. I, I'm steal it from Stan, Sam Presti, who stole it from, I think Roots. I don't know. No, it wasn't Roots. Uh, scared money makes don't make none. It's a tribe called Quest. Tribe though, called Quest. Yeah. I just I, I don't know. I I guess that I don't really see it as a huge deal. I mean, everybody knows he can make every throw out there. But that was what was so great about what Baker did last yeah, year. That he, he went out and there it. and. When he got to put his arm against every other quarterback that was out there, everyone could say, well, shit, look at his arm. It's yeah. really good, like a lot better than I thought. That's Like there's people that, that – I mean, like we've seen him in person. We, we've seen him even in practice. Like we've seen him next to Baker. Like yeah. we have a, a view of his arm that is a very positive view. Like we've seen a lot of quarterbacks in our time throw footballs around in practices, and Kyler is one of the best. He puts – his velocity, I would put it up there with any quarterback I've ever seen at the University of Oklahoma. I would. Yeah, including Landry Jones, who threw the shit out of the football. Yeah. I mean, so, and he's much more accurate. I mean, all the throws that they ask you to make at the Combine, Josh, it's they basically ask you to drop it in a bucket. You make, you make one really tough pass down the seam or a hard pass down the seam, and then you do all the out stuff, which nobody does great at because the timing is terrible. They just want to see you put the ball where you think it's supposed to be. Like, if you miss a receiver, they just don't want to see you throwing it into the stands. Well, and that's the thing because at a pro day, I mean, I think people misunderstand that this is, you know, OU goes in and runs the pro day. Those NFL scouts are saying, okay, we want to see him do this. We want to, you know, like they're kind of directing how that goes. Yes. At the combine, they're doing the same shit every year. So Kyler can go off with his trainer 
and be like, okay, we need you to do this, this, and this. And he can walk right through it. And sure, they're different receivers, but people are looking at, is Kyler putting it where it needs to be? Is he throwing it to the outside shoulder and that receiver wasn't fast enough to go get it? Is he doing these things? They can gauge that stuff. Like I said, I I agree completely. I don't think there was any need for him to do the testing. Because just like Lamar Jackson last year, all Kyler was going to do was run less than people wanted him to. If he ran four three five or whatever, which I think is probably about where he'd be, everybody would say, "Well, yeah, that's what we saw on tape. No big deal." I, I think if he went out and ran four, you know, four five, which is still blistering, it would have been like, "Oh, well, maybe he's not as fast as we thought he was." So he only had something to lose by doing the testing, in my opinion. But throwing, I, I think he could have done nothing but help himself because I think there still is a, a belief even amongst scouts that he's not the passer that he is. Kyler is, re- like you said, Gary, he is super gifted, and I think he would have done nothing but help himself. I'll be honest. If if you're a scout out there and you don't think that Kyler Murray can throw to an extent of, I guess, what everybody, I think that we agree that he can, you need to get out of the business because you're not, not doing your job. He's not just trying to impress the the day to day scouts he's also I mean that's a lot of times coaches for the first time or I mean you think an yep. NFL head coach really has a chance to sit down and watch all of Kyler's games no they nope. haven't an owner Kingsbury is probably one of the few yeah I mean an owner that might be sitting in you know up in the box or something I mean that might see that and go whoa that kid really slings it like for for some of those people that's the first time they'll ever see him throw a, a football in person I I guarantee. Like, let's say the Giants, who we know are looking at a quarterback. That's the first time their general manager is going to see Kyler Murray yeah. throwing first. Flat out just is. And he's and, there. And, and that's a chance to build some some momentum, some buzz. You start getting that conversation going. And I, like I said, some you're right, Eddie. But something I was really interested to listen to this. I listen to Daniel Jeremiah a lot. He's got a podcast that's pretty good. Really Him good, and Bucky yeah. Brooks talk. And he was talking about how the scouting process kind of works. And he was saying – you know, a lot of times we'll go in in you know during two a days, and we'll watch them go through practice, and we'll watch them. We may not see a guy again because we've got seventy schools to get through. We may not see a guy again until the combine. So there's some guys that saw Kyler Murray go through practice, but and you know, and they've gone. His area scout has gone back over his film, but like the head of scouting, he may not have really looked over anything serious on Kyler Murray until the last week. So, like there, there, like I said, there is a – because we're so close to it and we've watched him make every throw he's ever made in a game, I think it's easier for us to generalize things to where people that have to watch 50 quarterbacks, they may not be as comfortable with the, the entire skill set as we are. Is there any possibility Arizona said, you don't need to work out. We're taking you're our, you number you're one. Number one. I've, I've seen that thrown out there. I mean – because I af- that's after the one thing this morning, we- it's it's the hot take reaction. Yeah. But now that he's five ten, it seemed like there's there's a good chance Arizona takes him. And you put I, with the comments with from you. the GM yesterday on Wednesday about for uh, in Indianapolis about Josh Rosen being their quarterback for now. Adding Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, it just I don't know it it would almost seem like right now I'd be surprised on February twenty eighth if Kyler wasn't the number one quarterback taken or five? the number one pick. 510 gives you the Russell Wilson defense. We thought he was Russell Wilson because at 59, okay, we're going to do something literally no one has done. There's never been a quarterback that size that has 
been worthy of a number one pick. Which now you can say Russell. Wilson, I think it's I mean, so stupid the, though because it's one inch. Here's the one. Here's the one. It's, it's just it's, it's weird how that works out, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Here's you're, the no. You're right. Here's the one thing that I don't that makes me think it's not about the Cardinals giving him assurances is because he has ducked this question for a while. Like I think his camp had made the decision a long time ago. Like we're not doing anything at the combine. Like they just like the, I mean, he was asked about it at the basketball game and, and like even then, like even before then, it's like, I don't know. We haven't decided yet. Like that's kind of like the Kyler thing. Like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. You know, I, I'm, I'm signed with the A's, but I don't know what I'm going to do for football. Like, you know what you're going to do. You just don't want to say it. Yeah. It's almost like he and his camp, they've got all these decisions made. They just don't ever want to make them public because they know it's not, there's going to be a lot of noise. It's not going to be popular, but that's what they want to do. And that's what this weekend's going to be about, the interview process for him. Because even with us, where you would think he would have felt comfortable as many times we've been around him, he still would stutter or stammer or maybe not quite understand what was being asked. This would be a big weekend in, in terms of that. Well, that's where, I mean, I think you can go back to even last year. That's where Baker Mayfield, I think, officially became the number one pick, or at least in Cleveland's mind, is when they got him in the room and, you know, we're like, all right, this, this well, guy remember, knows everything that we are trying the, to do offensively. You remember the story about that, though, right? John Dorsey, when he first came in the room, he goes, so I heard you like food trucks. And Baker just started laughing because it was talking about his Arkansas yeah. deal getting arrested. I don't think I remember that. I, that that happened. You didn't hear that? I no. think that was in Peter King in his story that well, he did. Guys, on that. do you remember the this podcast last year? We were having this literal conversation. Baker Mayfield's going to go into these interviews and murder it. Like yeah. people are going to fall in love with him. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened because that was when. It started to be like, oh, he's not just top fifteen; he's top five. Yeah, you know, like it, it, the conversation started to shift. But what Bob is saying is, you can't say the same thing about Kyler. No, right? absolutely no, I agree. not. I agree, and I think that's probably also just because we knew Baker three years of interacting with yeah. him, as opposed to, I mean, year and a we half, covered Mike Murray for a year and a half, but I honestly, we talked to him so few times that never really got to know the guy. To be honest, yeah, there was maybe. Three or four times the entire time he was here, where we talked to him like on a practice field. I mean, I got, I think I have a pretty good idea of who Kyler Murray is, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I wonder how much he gets banged just because I bet he it's is quite a bit. not. <laughs> I, as soon as He's I said quarterback it, I like, at Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, he won the yeah, husband. Yeah. No. Hey, you know, uh, first round money. I mean, baseball and rap football. I mean, yeah. He, I'm sure he's cleaning up. Um, what I, I wonder how much he gets knocked though, because no matter how much you try not to engage it, the comparison's going to be there. Well, he's not like Baker. Like we're literally having that conversation. And what does it matter if he's not like Baker? Like, cause I mean, you didn't hear anybody like, oh, Kyler's a bad teammate or Kyler doesn't have leadership skills. I think he does. It's just very, very different than Baker's. I think he'd be great in New York. I just don't you think put that, him with Sterling and oh, Odell Beckham. It'd be awesome. Like that is that that would be his element. I think. I think the Giants, though, even if the Cardinals don't take him, I think the Giants are kind of dead set on taking Haskins, just from everything that you read. Yeah. I, it, but I have heard the argument, and it makes sense. Uh, Pat Shermer did really well in Minnesota with a 
quote unquote shorter Case quarterback Keenum. in Case Keenum. Hell, he know. did great with Sam Bradford the year that he was yeah. healthy. I mean, uh, that's been the most. I think the Giants would do better with anybody <laughs> than Eli Manning. Well, that's the most perplexing thing is that he couldn't do it. He couldn't make an offense great with Eli Manning. Like, and I think part of that's their offensive line. <laughs> Which, contrary to Stephen A. Smith's belief, is not going to be aided by Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, unless they want to <laughs> run the wishbone, which I, you yeah. take. If you I want mean, to do Tyler that, you go with Haskins. You. He's a runner. Kyler can give you some time to develop that offensive line. Like, and it's terrible, okay. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, we didn't we used our first-round pick on Kyler Murray. Now let's spend the next couple of years building an offensive line around him. If you'd build Dwayne Haskins, well, we're not going to play him this first year because we don't want him to die on the field. Um, so I, I, I agree I, and with, like I said, with in New York, I mean, it's a long, long time belief. You've got to have a big arm to deal with the winds and the way it works there. I, he's a guy that can handle that. And I think as a guy that has a lot of self-confidence to not worry about the massive media and the way that works, Kyler, Kyler can shut all that stuff out if as he, well as probably anybody we've seen. So he, I, I don't think. It, I don't think that would phase it. If he's taken by the Giants, we have to fly to New York for the first press conference because that would be a spectacle. Kyler Murray in front of the New York media, I mean, he's uncomfortable in front of five of us on a Saturday at halftime of an OU basketball game. <laughs> 55 well, that's media, the thing, New York like, media members. I can't imagine Kevin Durant in New York. Like, if he goes to the Knicks, they will eat yeah. him alive. I think that's going to happen. It might happen. It well, be, I mean, you know. Being be second guest in, you know, the 15th biggest market in the NBA has got to be tough. But I think you're right. I mean, Kyler is kind of built to handle that. He internalizes everything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't He doesn't let things get to him, it doesn't seem like. But yep. it, would, it would get to the media. They'd start portraying him as a bad Oh, dude. yeah. If, if he didn't play, if he didn't perform it, and he treated them like assholes, they would completely try and kill the guy yeah but oh, that, sure. that, that's not exclusive to kyler murray oh, it's yeah, anybody. That's, yeah that's literally anybody i mean yeah what happened to, i just think like that happened the to stanton that for six months last season uh speaking of smaller guys I, I we won't turn the whole topic away this just popped up and was really interesting uh pff just released a um a little stat a little graphic forced incompletion percentage would you guess which Oklahoma defender was the second highest among Big 12 safeties last year? Safeties? Uh-huh. Now say that again? Forced incompletion percentage. So uh, I'm going to say Buki. were targeted at least 25 times. I'm going to say Barnes. They forced an incompletion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Buki. I mean, Terry is right. Buki. Boom. Second mm-hmm. only to Caden Stearns. Head of B.J. Foster. That's unbelievable. Eddie Robinson. Head of Greg Eisworth. Is that just Big 12? Yeah, that's just Big 12. Just Big 12. Um, well, he Caden didn't have Sturge to play in a few games there at the end. Yeah, he probably had the least amount of attempts and the highest amount of incomplete passes, don't you think? Oh, he's he's that guy. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen that video that's on all over Twitter right now of like all the stereotypical DBs, like yes. quarterback <laughs> overthrows the guy by that's 30 awesome. yards. He's like, nope, no completion. You know, like he had yeah. anything to do with it. Yeah. Uh, Buki was very good about that. Uh, okay, so on top of Kyler Murray, uh, Rodney Anderson is at the Combine. He is not going to run. Uh, he's, he's he's trying to do that at OU's Pro Day, which is on 
March 13th. But uh, I've seen a lot of really positive things. I mean, people saying that just physically they were surprised that he looks like a guy that hadn't even had surgery. So, I mean, remember, Rodney Anderson was a guy that left the team and went to Birmingham to work at the super facility out there. It's not the Dr. James Andrews, but it's another guy that's really highly respected. Uh, I think got, uh, um, I think Peyton Manning, but definitely he worked a lot to after, uh, what's his name, shoulder injury, uh, before he went to the Saints. I can't even remember. They're quarterback. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Brees. My God. (laughs) (laughs) He's been around. He's been around for a couple years. He's a small-time guy. Yeah, you know. But no, he was, yeah, but so he, I mean, all of us, I mean, we know Rodney Anderson, what he's come back from. There's nobody that's going to surprise me. You know, if he comes out and looks like nothing ever happened on March 13th, I'm not going to be surprised in the least. But can he sustain it? That, that's going to be the question. He has always looked incredible. But then one freak accident after another, you just start to wonder if it's just not in the cards. Did he lose his body can't hold, hold junior up. year or senior year in high school because of a knee injury? Or am I thinking of somebody else? No, I he, think he was healthy coming out of high school. Yeah, he was, was he healthy all the He was an early in, enrollee who got hurt in spring. Yeah, that's what it was. Because I I saw him as a senior. Yeah. Like, I know he was healthy three, as a senior. Three injuries, right? And two well, of them the were the season injury injuries. was the broken leg at uh, Tennessee. On kickoff at Tennessee. Then the spring was he broke his neck after that. Uh, and then the, the knee. Knee injury against UCLA. Year. What a strange career. Is he the number one player? And I think we've talked about this before. Number one player that... The most like, hard luck case in OU history? Yes, yes. absolutely. I, I, I don't even think there's anybody that competes with him. <laughs> the good news for him is, is if he can stay healthy, he doesn't have much wear and tear on the tires. He's going to be able to stay around, I think, or at least have an opportunity to stick with the team. I mean, somebody's taking him. We all agree on that, right? He's going to be drafted. Yeah, I'll be shocked if he if he's still there in the fourth round. To be okay. perfectly honest. Yeah, that's what, that's what um, I was there, thinking. I just, a, like I said, I think you could have the argument with Josh Jacobs, but with that exception, if Anderson's healthy, I don't think there's anybody else that's in that running back one conversation. Has there really been talk of him running here in a couple of weeks? That would only be like six and a half months. I haven't seen anything. No, as I'm far just saying that. I mean, that's the theory. Okay. Like, if he doesn't, then maybe he can at the pro day. But yeah, I mean, it's still, I still have a hard time seeing him do that full. I mean, just full go. And you talk about another guy that people are going to love in interviews. Like, not so much like a baker, but just a kid that gets it. You know, he'll he'll do the things you want him to do. He'll answer the right way. Like. Super not brash. Um, I, I just think he's a kid that when they go through that process as a running back, he'll be a guy that a lot of schools fall or schools, a lot of franchises fall in love with. But who, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I we done talking about Anderson. I was just going to say who's from that offensive line group who can help himself the most. I know that we answered it in a round table, but yeah. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I Cody Ford's, I guess, can solidify himself as a first-rounder going into this weekend. But is there, out of Evans, Ford, and Powers, I'd, I'm, I'm pretty interested, I guess, to see 
how Wouldn't, this group goes together in the combine and then obviously into the NFL draft. I'd be surprised if Powers doesn't lift the most. Yeah. I, I'd be surprised, outside of Ford, uh, of those three guys, Samia, Powers, and Evans, I'd, I mean, I'm kind of back in, I don't know how athletic Evans is really going to test. I don't know where he sits with some of that stuff. I don't know what he'll run his 40 like. Like, I, I think that's always kind of hard to gauge. But, like, I, when I think of Trent Williams and when he went crazy on his combine day, it was that drill where they do that shuffle for a long time and then they almost, it's almost like a corner. Like, they, they have to break their hips and kind of open up and run. And everybody was like, holy shit. I mean, Trent Williams looked like a linebacker doing that. And I don't know that Bobby's going to be quite that good. And he's certainly not going in there with the same, you know, because everybody kind of thought Trent would be a first rounder. Yeah. But it was kind of that day that he became, okay, he's top 10 kind of guy. Um, I, I think this could, that that drill right there could really turn Bobby Evanton from a, you know, fourth, fifth round kind of guy to maybe a second or third kind of guy. I think that there's anything that we can take out of the combine is, Orlando Brown kind of put to rest that you don't need to <laughs> you don't have nice. to test well. I don't know if he put it to rest other than he still is going to be that that outlier, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. There's not going to be people that put up bad numbers then all of a sudden are just good football players. Like Orlando Brown is a abnormal I, mean, you better be, I don't know. You better be a 4-year starter or a 3-year starter at Alabama. Yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. An Outland Trophy finalist, like he's a, you're going to have to have. He's an outlier to the uh, to the rule, I guess. Yeah, because it's rare that you can be that successful in college and be sure. that modest athletically. I thought his tweet yesterday was awesome. Yeah, that, it, that you entire rarely thread. see a guy yes. that is that realistic about who he is as a player. Like he knew he was like, I'm not elite athletically, but I have these other things and I have an understanding, and that makes me the player I am. And man. If there were more, if I dealt with more guys that could really be honest about where their strengths lie, there'd be a lot more good football players because he's not trying to be someone he's not. Yeah, well, and it, it kind of reminds me of the guy that, like, yeah, I mean, Orlando, it's worked out for you, but now you're giving false hope to a bunch of kids that have no <laughs> so business. True. Like every I'm the next Orlando. Yeah, like after Wes Welker, every little white slot receiver thought he was going to be the next Wes Welker because he was a white slot receiver. Well, every guy that shows up to campus 40 pounds overweight that doesn't move their feet all that well is going to be an Outland Trophy finalist. Like, eh, it doesn't usually go like that. Yeah. Well, and every so. agent is going to be like, well, Orlando Brown didn't test yeah. well. We still think he's a first-rounder. We should yeah. we should get into the agent group uh, business here over the next couple of years and just start stockpiling 6'8", 320 duds and just take money from them. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that would just be like a trainer for – you know, Ooh. good portion of Texas. Shots fired. Mm. Mm, I'm, I'm ready to move down whenever, and we can we can get this going. <laughs> I'll be based out of Houston. Sucker I'm gonna tell you. Day. I'm gonna tell you. I think we're doing better now than we would as fake trainers. Yeah, that's probably yeah. true. Too. Think think we made a strong choice to not go down the fake trainer role. You know, like media slash trainer. That's that's dangerous. That's coming though. I think. Oh, that's I, the next step. I think, I think we're in the here. Let, yeah. me, let me train yeah. you, and then I'm going <laughs> to interview you afterwards. It's a two for one. Well, 500 I'm, I'm bucks talking, a month. I'm talking more like, 
uh, I'm going to interview you and get you scholarships. Yep. Yeah, which is that's literally impossible. Oh, I mean, guys, we we knew about the the guy from Mustang a couple years ago. There was the whole conversation that he was getting offers because of a certain media member, and I'm like, no, it doesn't no, work not. like that. Your, your coach, like nobody's listening to that person. Your coaching staff is telling people good things, and you've got you know two really respected high school coaches on your staff that are making calls for you. So, I, parents out there listening, trainers are not getting you offers. It's not happening. Just don't t- like. I've got no problem if you want to work with a good trainer. That's cool. Like that's great. You know, J.D. Reynolds, the guy we know, we love him. You know, good dude. All that stuff. Not training anymore though. Yeah, not training anymore. J.D. will flat out tell you they're going to go to your high school coaches and ask for your opinion. If you're spending all your time with trainers that are basically more about putting themselves up there in front of everybody than your kids, the high school coaches are not going to have strong reviews. Like, just don't do that. Uh, okay, so... PSA done. Let me, let me ask you this question. Who is the next OU defensive player that's going to be drafted? That will actually be a... Like a guy that like, people yeah, are like saying this is going to be a guy to watch at <laughs> like, the combine because he can work himself into the first round type guy. We're talking like top asking? three rounds, like that yeah, I'd say guy. first two days. I think Neville. Yes, I, that's that's I, I right. Wrote. Neville yep. is doing some serious work this off season. I I I, I want I, I want to believe that. I want to believe that. I just I think I've been hung out to dry the last two years, and that's unfair to probably Gallimore because. He hasn't just been awful. He was okay last year. I mean, he he, he was hurt. He was banged up. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go more in a wait and see approach, though. The thing he with might Gallimore, have been the best defensive is, tackle in the Big Twelve last year. Yeah, the thing with Gallimore, he has a hard time staying fresh the mm. entire season. When he gets banged up, you can really tell. Here's the thing, though. I, this is the rub, and that is with Alex Grinch coming in. If you see. Uh, you know, turnovers start happening. If you see a, a bunch of guys gaining confidence on that side of the ball, we know that there are some guys like, I mean, there's five stars on that defense. Like, could Caleb Kelly become a name? Like, if they could figure out a role for him and he started gaining more confidence. I mean, it's not like Caleb Kelly has played poorly when he's given the, you know, been given the chance. I mean, the strip sack and touchdown sure. at West Virginia. Uh, he had a touchdown against TCU in the Big 12 Championship game. He played really well against Auburn when they played in the Sugar Bowl. Like, he's shown flashes of why he was a five-star in the first place. Like, I still think he's a guy that could, you know, if they 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 coach him up and get him in the right system and find the right place for him, he could be a guy that turns some heads going into the combine next they, year. They only got one year to do it. If he was a little younger, I'd feel more confident. But they just got yeah. this one spring, basically, to try to figure it out and then put him – in that spot once the season comes. Yeah, and I think that's why there's so much, I think, optimism and excitement, I guess, going into next week when they do start practice because there are so many questions on the defensive side of the ball and with a new set of eyeballs on them and evaluating them. I mean, I I think the guy that everybody's talked about and probably everybody will write about over the next month is Deshaun White and what he does and how he can develop into a, a, you know, is he going to be the middle linebacker? And then... How does that affect a guy like Caleb Kelly if Deshaun White's all of a sudden in the middle? Do you think about, can you get, I mean, do you get to a point where you just don't put Kenneth Murray on the football field anymore? I still think he can contribute at some point for this group. You almost have the same problem with Kenneth Murray and uh, Caleb Kelly in that they're not really true instinctual middle linebackers or inside linebackers. They can 
They can run sideline to sideline, but when it comes to, you know, all the angles involved with being an inside linebacker, they're just not natural. Or Deshaun yeah. White clearly has more instincts for the position. And that comes back to we had no idea what scheme they've been recruiting for at that position for the last three, four years. Just getting guys and then trying to figure it out. But, I mean, this is a 3-4. So, I mean, that's, that's essentially their base is 3-4. So, they're going to be able to have linebackers on the field. I mean, if you have two guys like that, find out which one can play Will and then find out you know what you can do with the guy on the other side, your other outside linebacker. And I think Murray could be a Will. I mean, I think he's more of a Will than he is a Mike. I don't know how you see that, Josh. I think I think you're right. I mean, I think that's where he best fits. I I I guess I'm one of the few people and I, Carrie, I may be taking over your role. Like I'm I'm kind of buying the defense right now. Like I based on and I still need to do like the kind of under the hood of Grinch. Like I found a USC game from Washington State and I kind of want to go over it just kind of what they're doing personnel-wise and that kind of thing. But I I see things that they do, and I'm like, man, that okay. You put you know Kenneth Murray in those shoes. You put Deshaun White here. You put Ronnie Perkins here. Like, okay, that makes some sense. I mean, because if you want to get, if you want to be attacking, and you want to put athletes out there, whatever else you want to say about Oklahoma's front seven, there's some athletic guys there. I don't know if there's the depth that you can run out there, just guy after guy after guy. But like, if your front seven is an attacking one gap, you know, scheme. And you've got Deshaun White, Kenneth Murray, Ronnie Perkins, Jalen Redmond, Neville Gallimore. Those are athletic guys for their roles, and you can do some things. So I, I like I said, I think that it can work, but I mean, we've got to see it all, you know, kind of come to light. I'll ask you this, Josh, because you always bring him up. Do you think Ronnie Perkins is a potential first round draft pick? I do. I, I'll be honest with Ronnie. It's going to be is he quite tall enough to be that dude? Like, I is he, I mean, and I know, like, it's like we talked about with Kyler. I think he's probably 6'2 and some change, and I think that should be fine. But when you talk about NFL defensive ends, those guys are 6'3", 6'4", they're bigger, longer type guys, and I, I don't know if he'll get knocked for that, but there's stuff he does on tape that, nobody else in Oklahoma's front seven has done for several years. I mean, he can do some things that nobody else can match. So like I said, if you can get him and Jalen Redmond opposite of each other, that's, that's a really good starting point. And, you know, and again, I know we've mentioned the round table story um, that we've got coming. I, we talked about who could be that guy. And Ronnie Perkins was a guy I brought up. If I can count on Jalen Redmond being healthy, he'd be in that conversation for me, too. Because I thought even in the limited time we saw last year, there was some stuff you were like, wow, there, there's nobody else on this roster doing the stuff he does. Uh, I want to get some spring football, but I also want to uh, talk about some of the recruiting stuff that's been going on. We had the Houston Rivals camp uh, that Josh attended. Uh, there's the opening coming up this weekend uh, in Dallas. Uh, but first, want to remind you guys, Coop Works. We, we talked when the show started. Uh, six months now uh, into the podcast, and Coop Works has been there every step of the way. Uh, and uh, appreciate all you guys out there listening that have tried the beers, uh, that have enjoyed the beers, that have, that have uh, you know sent us a lot of social and snap pictures and stuff, especially on game days and things like that. But CoopAleWorks.com, 
Go check them out. Uh, they've been around for nine going on ten years uh, here in Oklahoma City. Local brewery. They've got seven year-round uh, beers like the Saturday Siren, the, the Dry Hop Pilsner. Uh, the F5 IPA is one of their favorites. The Spare Rib is kind of similar. It's a pale ale. And then uh, the Horny Toad Blonde. Uh, Native Amber, uh, DNR, all those. I really like all those beers. So uh, go check them out. You can see where you can uh, pick some up near you. Uh, but really, almost every uh, uh, liquor store out there has them. Uh, so uh, go support uh, one of our great sponsors, Coupe Ale Works, uh, and check them out, coupealeworks.com. Okay, so uh, Houston Rivals was last week, Josh, you, you know, coming off of the L.A. camp. Uh, but you got to see uh, quite a few Sooner prospects and, and future prospects in Houston uh, kind of give us a, a quick rundown of, of what you really learned coming out of that Houston uh, Rivals camp. Well, you know, it was one of those things I, I kind of did the write-up afterward, and everybody was kind of like, oh, well, that wasn't as positive as we were hoping. I think it helped me get an idea of some guys that I thought maybe Oklahoma was really ser- going to have, you know, a real serious role with. And as I walked away, I thought, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know that I see that coming together. Um, and then some other guys I thought – Okay, maybe down the road this could be a guy. Probably the first name of that group is Josh Eaton, um, the cornerback that Oklahoma offered about two weeks ago out of MacArthur in the Houston area. He's a guy that has blown up, and he is exactly what Roy Manning and Alex Grinch seem to be focused on. Big, long guy, uh, track times. I mean, he really – he is the prototype kind of corner. And right now I think we've got him at like 68 in the state. That'll change. I mean, it's just one of those things where I don't think enough people had seen his film, and as it got around and more people noticed him, he'll he'll be a Rivals 250 guy at least, probably before he's done. Um, But talking to him and, you know, some other reporters that were there, Jason Sukamel from our Texas site, uh, our regional guy, Sam Spiegelman, just some of the guys that were around him, he didn't really hide how much he was kind of liking Texas at the moment. I think he went two weeks ago. I believe he's going back again this weekend. I I think the writing's on the wall a little bit there. And people will always take that as a negative, but I think it allows you to say, okay, maybe that's not where that's going to work. Maybe Ryan Watts and Jahari Rogers are our focus. You know, I mean, it just allows – OU's in on plenty of good targets. It's just finding the guys who are going to be your primaries. Um uh, Vernon Broughton is another one guy at a Cy Ridge in Houston. Um, I, what the people I talk to, he continues to give Oklahoma, you know, a, some hope and kind of says the right things, but he's made no bones about Texas being his favorite. So I, I, I don't know what to really make of that yet. I, I think that's going to be something that we have to follow. It, you know, he might be a kid that's having some fun, you know, kind of playing the game a little bit. Uh, or he could just be a guy that's leaning into Texas and you know has pe- trouble telling people no. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, the one guy, I, really, I guess the two guys that I really came away feeling like, okay, Oklahoma is very real here, are uh, Tunmiche Adelier, the um, Katie Tompkins product that has a chance to be a top five guy in state in Texas next year. He is a big-time defensive end. I think his dad is on board with Oklahoma. I think that's where his dad likes him. I think... He kind of his dad kind of liked OU coming in, and I think that visit he took uh, for the first junior day really sold OU. He is outstanding. He's a big defensive end, about six three, about two fifty five, um, just a a near perfect fit for what we expect Oklahoma to do defensively. He's really good. Um, the other being Bryce Foster, who was 
uh, O-line MVP of the camp, like uh, Adelier and Broughton, got um, an invite to the five-star challenge. Uh, Foster, uh, Bryce Foster was unbelievable. Just that dude. physical. That just wasn't the film that, yes. I mean, he literally, he started at left guard. For the people that haven't seen it, he starts at left guard, and he's going against a pretty good player. He runs the guy past the right tackle in drills. Like, that doesn't happen. And he's just physical. And when I talked to him, he's the guy that, you know, for those that don't remember, he talked about meeting Jalen Hurts in Lincoln Riley's office and was talking about just you could tell what a leader Hurts was and really, you know, kind of just liked being around him. He'll go back to Oklahoma. It wouldn't shock me if he shows up for the spring game. I mean, there, there's a lot going on with him. Now, these are both 2021 guys, so you kind of got to be patient and you know see how things progress. But I, I think Oklahoma is in a very good spot there. And to be in early in Houston is, is important for Oklahoma because A&M and Texas have such big advantages in Houston as compared to like DFW that they've got to get to these early starts. And with these two, they really have. Uh, okay, and uh, on top of that, OU had their uh, second junior day. That was when Kyler Murray came back and had the basketball recognition of the Heisman and uh, did his press conference. But uh, the Sooners do end up getting a commitment that we haven't talked about uh, out of that, and it's uh, someone that might be a future kind of Dimitri Flowers type. Yeah, uh, he is a guy that, you know, it's – it's amazing, like, you know, we've already mentioned J.D., where, where it kind of started with the fullbacks at Oklahoma, and, you know, no offense to Seth Luttrell. Um, as these oh, guys offended. that were kind of hybrid, you know, not the traditional fullbacks could do some different things, catch passes, do some of those things. Michael Henderson is the next evolution. I mean, you go and watch tape, Michael Henderson is not that different from Trey Sermon. Like, there is there are some definite comparables there, and – when you look at that and see that, okay, he's going to be an H-back. Oh, you, there's just so much Lincoln Riley, a guy as creative as him, can do with a guy like Michael Henderson. He can be a single back. He can be an H-back. They can line him up at tight end. He can flank out and play receiver. He can play wildcat because he plays quarterback. Hey, Lincoln Riley made Carson Meyer useful. I mean, yes. Whoa. Wow. I'm taking a shot at Bob. I'm seeing if Bob's paying attention. I'm seeing if Bob's paying attention to the podcast. Eddie, grab the grab the knife from Bob's hand. Just just take that out of there. There are a lot of heavy objects around him. <laughs> uh but no, I mean Michael Henderson is a a really dangerous weapon in a guy like Lincoln Riley's offense. So I I, I realize he's a three star and not everybody's gonna get excited about him. That's a guy that I'd about guarantee is a three-year starter that's a really good player for Oklahoma. Josh, you think he could ever get to the four-star when he's playing quarterback the entire time? I do. I mean, like, because he I, – I I think that at the same time, like I said, with what he has done, I think he's bought uh, – excuse me, when I say he – with what uh, Lincoln Riley has done, he's bought a lot of credibility that these aren't just guys that he's going to kind of – throw around. I still think if Henderson had finished last year, been fully healthy, I, I think that might have, he might have already made that jump. But I also think, because he's at a place like Irving Ranch View where not a lot of people see him. Um, I think that if he goes to some camps, can get out and be seen a little bit, 
Because everything I've been told, that 6'3", 225 is very legitimate. This is a big, strong, sturdy guy that, when you watch him on tape, runs around people, is making all kinds of plays. There's a lot to like there. So I, I, I'm with you, Bob. I, it won't shock me at all. And frankly, I think he probably should, before it's all said and done, be a, a, probably a 5.8 four-star guy. By the way, uh, Carson Meyer was fantastic against, against Alabama. My, you could make a case, Bob, that he was stock up. It, well, stock was definitely up, although stock is over now. He went out stock up. Yeah. He, he's forever stock up. He's forever stock up. Like, if we make a stock up trophy, Carson Meyer, Carson Meyer will be the image that we use. <laughs> Give it away every year, the stock, up, the stock up champion. The biggest game of Carson Meyer's career might be on March 13th when he's like one of the only wide receivers or receivers <laughs> that is available to catch balls I for know. Kyler Murray. And I the, mean, with I, Hollywood out, I, who, who, oh. literally, who is going to catch footballs for him? I think Miles, that CeeDee Lamb yeah. can I mean, he's gonna participate. Have to. He can? I think that you mm. can if, if you are – I don't know in the drills, but they, they were supposed to change the rules to where underclassmen, I think as long as they were a year within being eligible – for the draft that they could yeah. participate, so okay. I need to check this, check it out. Because I thought you couldn't if you were still in school. But I remember that I need coming to go up back and look year. at pictures last year. Who was? Because was well, it was Mark Andrews uh, that Baker was throwing to. Oh, it was uh, Mark Andrews, Jordan Smallwood, uh, Mead, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Mead. Mead. <laughs> Didn't really work out for him. Um, I I really can't remember. I don't know. Or maybe 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 it was, you know, being able to attend or something. I mean, there's some rule that they came up with, but no, I mean that that's a concern. I mean, and you know, yeah, he's not gonna know. By the way, uh this is ridiculous. Are you sure you're not getting catfished? No, it's uh, it's all over. Yeah, they're showing it on the NFL network right now. Jason I Witten, had to double check myself. Jason yep. Witten unretires. That's amazing. It's the best thing that's ever happened to broadcasting. <laughs> I think say uh, somebody Doesn't Booger have to lose his job too? I mean, you, you can't. I like Booger. Really? You like him rolling around on that thing? No, I don't know that I love that aspect of it, but I think he brings a decent perspective. And in the NFL, he's just a guy talking. I, in college, he can't take his SEC LSU thing out of the conversation. And in the NFL, he's, he's a guy that is articulate and he can talk about things and he's got a good perspective and he's kind of enjoyable to listen to. Witten, all the takes of him being a robot are very accurate. Romo to Monday night? Is that a lateral move? Like, is that a step down from what he's at right now? Yes. Yes. Is it? Because yeah. Monday night. Prime time. Monday night doesn't get the best. The best game. Prime anymore. time Sunday is where you want to yep. be. I mean, that's why Aikman, Joe Buck, are where they are. Or yeah, and he well, and he can never have a Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. All right, um, so coming up, uh, possibly, depending on the weather, Big Bread, Big Dairy are really striking back right now. Oh, they won today. I mean, schools were canceled. Uh, schools were closed. Cold concrete. I know. They had a better chance of being closed yesterday than they deserved But I don't know. It was today. such a surprise deal because they didn't orchestrate it well enough with a local weatherman. I don't know what happened there. If Maybe they were fearing FBI investigations, so... They didn't collude as normally, but that couldn't have been a good day yesterday for Big Bread, Big Dairy. 
so what you guys are saying is the the fight the, you're you're winning ground i got i've i've gotta tell you i've 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 found out something very disturbing the other day my i took my mom to point this out Eddie has passed us all on twitter followers yeah, yeah. that was so long yep. ago <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that was so long ago. No, it was only a couple. When you got to make uh, viral conspiracy ridden uh, claims on Twitter. Do you Twitter. think it was around the uh, Ketchum period? Horned, it was horns up for peace. Uh, no doubt. The movement. Yeah, I think so. I, there were, I, yeah. Getting a lot of followers over the football season just making videos and stuff. That brings a question, Eddie. Like, what is your what is your favorite of your particular, um, uh, I, I guess, creations? Probably the uh, probably the Jeff Ketchum thing. I think really, I think okay. Big Bread, Big Dairy is Big fantastic. Bread, Big Dairy is pretty good. Just in the fact that you are literally driving Mike Morgan insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I will say the uh, yeah, I Big Bread, Big Dairy is good just because it's Oklahoma City driven, and I think that there's a good chance that. I need to make some T-shirts. I need to start profiting off of these ideas. That's yeah, fair. but well, we've talked I've, about uh, that. Man. I've, I've promised myself that the first T-shirt that we put out has to be the rivals hates OU. So I'm just waiting. It didn't win Carrie's poll. It didn't. What what did win? Uh, oh, don't, don't be, be a poor. poor. Won the poll. Oh, that's pretty good too, though. I, I mean, we we could do a. I uh, think there was enough votes that both release. of them both yeah. of them would work. Don't yeah. be a poor with somebody like looking over campus corner from the top and like a, a a a champagne flute in their hand and a football in the other. We need to get well <laughs> for you. We need to get like a Che Guevara thing of your head for Big Bread and Big Dairy. Who? Oh, yeah. the uh, yeah. yeah, I know mm-hmm. who you're talking about. <laughs> who was he? Like a he was Colombian, right? Uh, was it Colombian? Yeah, uh, I. What was he born? I, he was I mean, something I'm, like I that. Say he made it. It made itself Chilean, famous. Chile, yeah. Chile, Chilean. Yeah, he was like Central American, South, maybe South. One hundred percent poor. So, um, yeah, that's something that's still we're we got to get our studio stuff straightened out. Bob's Bob just got a delivery today, so that yeah, I mean we could do that pretty easily. Oh, I know some graphic people. Oh God, that would be amazing! And Eddie's hair I already has known hair. to be I'll wild. Just, I'll just grow it out. I already have the hair for sure. Do we do it in black and white? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we have to. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Oh, that's that that may be the first shirt that that we may have just solidified that answer. Perfect. That's really good. I'll stop by the t-shirt store on the way out of here. <laughs> uh. Well, somebody is. Yeah, I have to put somebody else in charge of stuff every once in a while. Is uh, fine. is I I don't think I've ever seen this. Is Kyler Murray working with his dad? Is his dad going to be his like quarterback the uh, quarterback coach at his? I think so, but I'm not sure. I mean, because I mentioned to you guys before the show, it's like, where the hell is George Whitfield these days? Does it matter? No, I mean, it really? doesn't. Oh, it, it definitely <laughs> like doesn't. These guys, matter. I mean, it's just the same guy over and over. It's but, just. You know, oh, let's put him on a beach and pretend like he's a Navy SEAL, and that's going to make him a... It's all a shtick. It's all a gimmick. Three or four years ago, though, remember, like, oh, well, he he has George Whitfield working with him. He's going to be drafted 
in X, you know, wherever. Yeah. And I mean, you're right. George Whitfield just kind of disappeared. Which well, is I mean, once he once he got Johnny Manziel all ready to go, I mean, that was Look, game over. I think all those guys do a good job, but it's not yeah. like it's not like they are do. I mean, it's still about whether a guy has talent or not. You're not going to make a guy into a first round draft pick because of your training ability. You're just not. Kevin Murray if that is the was, only trainer on earth that can say he gave his son talent. Look, OU would have had the or best secondary the in the country if Clay Mack really had magical powers, but he doesn't. And that's nothing against Clay Mack. It's just Justin Broyles like, went to Clay Mack every day. For like, years. So it's about talent. I mean, those guys do a good job, like I said. But it's there's no magical trainer. Yep. As long as you're not a complete more like I have seen some videos and I think I've sent them to you guys or uh, I won't say any you know, type of king or whatever was involved. But I question like, what the f- are they doing? Like, it looks like it literally looks like it's a monkey humping a football. I don't understand the drill or the purpose of some of the drills that I see out there. Oh, uh, we, we talked about it, you know, kind of. I guess on our private message about some of the stuff I saw, just say it, David Aguebu doing. Yes. Yeah. That was what I that's saw. That's what Carrie's talking about. And, and I messaged some people and I was like, does this look like anything, you know, that you would do in your, you know, college <laughs> Is football this productive? practice? And so somebody was like, I, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so, I mean, that like, like Carrie, you're right. Like, it's not that these guys do a bad job. Like there is, there is, there's nothing wrong with going out there and working in some ways to try and make yourself better. Like, even if it's not really a direct correlation, you're getting out there and you're working on your feet. You're moving laterally. You're doing some stuff. There, there's some things that are positive about that. That's fine. But this idea that you go work with a trainer and you're suddenly going to be an OU guy instead of a North Texas guy. No, your talent is what tells me if you're an OU or a North Texas guy. Like, that doesn't doesn't magically fix itself. Now, Sounds Maybe like because someone, you're, you, you there's got a proximity in, sounds like thing. S- mm. I'm saying you had someone in mind there on that last example, I know. He's uh, now a grad transfer. Yep, he already is he left. The, is he and he portal? worked with Clay Mack for a long time. Yeah. So and, and that's and that's I mean, like this is not a shot at the kids. Like you are what your talent is. I, I don't want the kids to get fooled into like paying thousands of dollars for something that's not gonna change anything. Like, you can be a better player, that's cool, but they're not going to make you run 4-4. They're not going to make you six foot one and make your hips fluid. Like, they can help you a little bit and all those things, but, like, a coach can tell if a guy is running 4-6 and has never really worked with a trainer ever. Like, okay, we can work with this guy. We can, we can you know, Benny Wiley can work with him on some of his stride. and Like, we can, we can fix some things to make him that kind of guy. But if you're clearly... You know, you've been coached and you've been trained. Well, then you are what you are. Like, th- there's no room for growth there, which isn't always a positive thing. In fact, most of the time it's not. And it's an admirable deal because, I mean, you have kids that are working hard, that are putting in sure. extra work to, to get better. And I think it makes them better to some degree. Uh, I, I mean, when I was, you know, I would love to, when I was a kid and I was playing baseball, I would stay out there all day if you let me. We had a buddy, one of the guys on our team, his dad built him a batting cage in his backyard. We thought that was the greatest thing that we ever seen. Like, oh, we can hit baseballs anytime we want. Like, 
my God, let's do that. Like, let's. Yep. So it's like, it's great. They they want to be good. They're putting in a lot of work that that should be commended. So we're not shitting on you know people that go out and seek out people and. A really good way to say it is you're going to be more prepared to go to Oklahoma where you were going anyway. Yeah. You're going to be more prepared to go to North Texas where you were going anyway. Like it's not going to change anything, but yeah, it might, it might speed up your, your process a little bit. That, that's you. I think you could say that and be pretty realistic. And when you get there in your first semester, you know, you'll be in shape and have mm-hmm. a good shot of being your best you. Maybe the yeah. foot, maybe all this footwork stuff is, a prerequisite. Did you like that? that nice. Big word. Yeah, yeah, and he nailed it. Off. it I, mean, was I practiced nice. the entire way down. <laughs> uh, maybe it's a prerequisite to enter the transfer portal to have good feet. Yeah. Yeah. There might it, be a correlation. Think it makes there. it easier to get into the portal with and, good feet. And, and your way out. Well, mm-hmm. as long as you know how to get into the portal. Like, you can't just portal and be in the portal. <laughs> Well, with where cool Eddie could, found the portal, it may be more about swimming. I mean, you made her do more water training. Yeah, it was in Scottsdale. I'm sure that uh, Kyler Murray will be looking for it when he uh, has to buy a house out there. Yeah. Okay, so March 7th, spring football gets ready to go. Uh, we'll have more and more as we get going. Bob has been kind of previewing a lot of people uh, over the last few weeks. Uh, but... Lincoln Riley will have his first pre-spring press conference on March 6th, which I like. Uh, so the day before they start practicing, uh, then we'll be able to go out there and get some photos and stuff on the 7th. Uh, so I would say media schedule is fair. I mean, it's like about yeah. like it's always mm-hmm. been. And then you got Pro Day coming up on the 13th. So there's a lot of stuff uh, getting ready to happen in our world. It's getting ready to ramp up. Uh, and uh, like we said, uh, the podcast only getting bigger and better. Uh, the coverage only getting bigger and better. So uh, we appreciate everybody being a part of it, being a, listening to the podcast. And uh, guys, any other business that you wanted to get to before we get out of here today? Not off the top of my head, there is something uh, running around now on Twitter that, uh, and this is this is the kind of content that I love. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you can take all your heights and weights from the NFL Combine, but uh, somebody has spotted on Josh Rosen's Instagram account. Mm-hmm. He has now deleted all Cardinals related Instagram Whoa! posts. In this day Which and age? Which is awesome. Kyler Murray to the Cardinals. Oh, you daily, you better get on there. Oh, my God. Three, two, one, and the countdown begins. It'll be up in the next 15 minutes. I guarantee you, somebody asked me on the board, it's 12.15. By 12.30, that story will be written. Mm-hmm. But remember, I said it at 12.15, even if this doesn't come out in time. So Shit, I, I better check. It might already be up. I mean, this, this, is, like, shit. This, is that, this is that perfect uh, you know, storm where... Kyler's not going to work out. Like you guys said, did Arizona offer him assurances? Is that why uh, Josh Rosen deletes all Arizona stuff from his account? Like, well, Not to mention just all the connections that Cliff Kingsbury now has back to Kyler Murray, plus their agent who they share. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have to worry about Johnny Manziel anymore because he's been kicked out of the Canadian Football League. Oh, my God. So he can put all of his focus into... Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Johnny Manziel is Bob Stoops' first quarterback in Dallas. You know, I thought about that, but didn't uh, McMahon put out like a, and it's probably bullshit, but didn't he put out something that said, we're not going to have fed, uh, any felonies. If you've been arrested, you can't play in our league, which I can't believe you're going to take that, that stance on a, third, on a third-tier <laughs> professional league. I mean, well, you're I not going to have too many shot. players. I, I, I think it might whittle down to me. I think I might have a shot <laughs> in the XFL. I'm getting kind of excited now that I know this. I'm starting <laughs> training. 
Yeah, Bob, I'm working my footwork. I gotta Stoops' go, pick is going to be between Josh, Johnny Manziel, Landry <laughs> Jones, and Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> What's your thoughts on uh, the national anthem, Josh? Oh, I've always been no. on record saying it's overrated, and they should stop playing it at sporting events. But is it bad to admit that uh, if I'm watching a television event and they're going to show the national anthem, that I turn the channel just so I don't have to pretend to be patriotic off of TV? No, because it's either sung really poorly or uh, uh, Andy Katz's daughter sings it. She sings like every college game that I've I've seen this year. Have you noticed <laughs> Andy that? Katz's no, I've or no, no idea. Andy Katz, uh, Adam Schefter's daughter. I've no oh, idea. She's, what I'm talking about. She's, she's literally sang it almost every NBA arena this year. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Is she good? I mean, she's not bad. She's like twelve or something. She's not a bad singer yeah. by any means. Uh, I just wanted out there for the record. Um, I stand their national anthem on a television as well. You know, hand over the heart. Really? The if it's on television, yeah, if, you if stand up. That is ridiculous. We are blowing that, that up. That is a lie. <laughs> a quote, quote graphic. We are putting that up. See, I but see, I turn profile. the channel so I don't have to make that choice. Like, yeah, I, it's too much pressure. Like I, I'm at I home turn, by myself. I turn because I'm so sick of people putting their own I mean, spin on I it. I want no, but I want to be. I want to be uh, patriotic, and I want to. I want to be responsible, but I just don't want that pressure, like to have to sit through that, and like maybe I would nod off or something. Like I don't want to be. I don't. I don't. I don't put myself in that position. Like, is it wrong if I'm making food and the anthem is playing on TV? And do I have to stop making? Yeah, and if people find out, do we lose <laughs> a thousand subscribers on Sooner Scoop in uh, protest? I'll probably lose a thousand I'll be honest, subscribers just for this conversation to alone. Stand up. <laughs> if, if the game is not on, I'm turning the channel. Like anything else is, I do not care. By the way, uh, Nike. It was reported that Nike had like record profits year over year. Like oh, it's just gonna, today. It's going to be very hard to beat for the best story of the year. The guy in Colorado Springs that now has to close his uh, sporting <laughs> yeah, goods store because yeah. they dropped Nike. And then like, nobody wanted to shop at his store. You moron. You deserve it all of It just goes to show you the outrage, the online outrage. It's so fake. Uh, I think we've seen a lot of it through this week, through the Combine stuff. Just people with opinions that like don't really matter. Those people that hated Nike were never buying Nike in the first place. They probably hadn't bought clothes in 20 years. Yeah, that's true, too. They just wear the same old shit. Hey, their champion sweatshirt, it looks kind of rustic now with all the lettering. <laughs> no, champion is off. too good. It was definitely Russell. <laughs> Russell. <laughs> oh, see, you're just you're just at, you're grinding that axe over that bowl. Oh, you got to let that bowl the, go. What's the, what was the Target brand cuz I had some of that stuff. Umbro? Uh, no, it was, it was Oh, I rocked Umbro. Yeah, I think I, I had, had some, some Umbro, Umbro stuff. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh you won't remember. Nobody I, remembers it. Uh, it. It was just awful. Oh yeah, I can see the the low. I can see it. It looks kind of like a champion, but it's not. It's like a C. I don't. It's, yep, it's weird. you're exactly right, Carrie. Uh, damn. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, hey, I, I did. Before we get out of here, um, we the the Wednesday of Oklahoma went up at about twelve fifteen this morning. So you know we're about sixteen minutes late on that. But um, we have. There's some pretty big news in there. There is a top 10 national player in the country that has set up his official visit to Oklahoma for the spring game. I'm not quite ready to give that out. I'll give the other one. Uh, an offensive tackle, Jimmy, uh, I'm going to guess it's Christ and not Christ, but, you know, you do you at home. 
Um, Why do you Jimmy Crist, a Rivals 250 offensive tackle from Virginia, he has also said his official visit for the spring game. So um, I more and more, it looks like Bill Biedenboe is about to put together a, another really, really good offensive line class. Mm. Very interesting. So, yeah, yeah. To, and that, that spring game, Bob, I think it's fair to say it's starting to look like it may be even better than last year as far as the people who will be on campus. For sure. Not sure if we'll get as many commits. Yeah, but yeah I think that's I, fair. But I think the, the names are going to be just as top tier as what we saw lo- last year. Let, there, me ask you, let me ask you something. There's, there's no possible way the weather can be any worse than it was oh last year. Oh, God. So I, I don't think know. that's good it, news. Like, we haven't been... Like in the '60s, but like I would, once, you know, I would, like I would take rain once over every thirty the days. Forty-five mile hour wind that 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 was last year. That yeah. was insane. I just hope that if they can't do better than Trace Atkins, that they just scrap the concert. You think they're still going to do that? I haven't heard Ooh. anything. That was one thing I didn't talk to Joe. Had we heard? I think they, I was about to ask did that come up from no. a year ago to this time. Had we heard how if? Had that been announced yet? Well, what we had heard, they would do really cool things. Yeah. Make, and we can kind of phrase it that way Wednesday with Lincoln. What are yeah. some of your ideas for the for What did game? you learn from last year, and how, how do you want to do it this year? Put them on the spot. But I don't think anybody was any – I'll say this, and Lincoln would probably – he'd probably deny this. I don't think anybody was happy in the athletic department that it was a you know a minor country star like well, that. What was so weird about it is you know, it didn't tra- do anything to benefit their recruiting. Trace, yeah. you know, Trace is playing, and then Eddie's in what like the the practice field. Yeah, right? they're warming up on the they're practice warming field up over there with yeah. the rap music. You know the usual. Yeah, they can't even hear hype, the concert. Usually, in the, the, the hype oh, it, was music. A, it was a fan driven <laughs> event. There, there's no I, doubt about that. I just Googled it, and it looks like it was March 27th when they officially announced Trace Atkins last okay, year. So yeah, it was so only a, a couple weeks. Time. More yeah, than it, a month. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be Kansas this year or something. Dust in the wind. Maybe It st- would be better. Sticks. And this comes from a guy who saw Brooks and Dunn last night, so, you know. Oh, my God. I thought that they uh, Were broke they at up, the Houston Josh? Rodeo? They were. They and I thought, I was like, oh, it's Brooks and Dunn. It'll be pretty. There were... 50,000 people plus. Oh, hell yeah. It was packed. That looked cr- I saw the Casey Musgraves pictures. That place looks nuts. I mean, where oh, is that? Where is that? It's an NRG. It's okay. where the Texans play. They okay. do it in the stadium. Like, And I remember the first year I went, I was like, we're going to the rodeo? What the hell? It's fun. Like, they, they I mean, it's really like they, they run through it. You get about two hours where, you know, they'll do barrel racing and they'll do bull riding and they'll do bronc. You know, uh, bareback ride. Like, it, it's fun. You know, just a, it's riding. a real rodeo event. <laughs> and then at the end, they have a concert. You know, like our our buddies Kings will be there in a couple weeks. Yeah, you're just um, rub, you're rubbing, rubbing it in it basically in. because we all got invited, but the only one that could go is you because yeah. we got well, pro day. My sister morning. will be there. She's on the ro- yeah. she's on the rodeo committee. No big deal. Oh, NBD. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking I needed an end to start. You know, working my way up the the Houston food chain. So there you go. Yeah, there we go. Noted. All right, boys. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back again next week as we get ready for uh, spring football. But that'll do it for uh, February. Appreciate everybody out there listening. Uh, go check out the site, Soonerscoop.com. Uh, would love for you to subscribe. Uh, would love for you guys to continue to support Coop Aleworks, CoopAleworks.com, and the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Just go check them out at ChoctawCasinos.com. So uh, for Kerry Murdoch, for Eddie Radosovich, for Josh McQuistian, for Bob Rizbillo, 
Uh, I am Kerry Murdoch. Uh, we'll see you guys back here next week on another edition of the Choctaw Casino Resort on Official 40.